With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Sunday, May 2nd. And today we are airing the second part of our interview with Gorik Ng. Uh, I love when you go to his website, the first thing that it says about his book, which is called The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. The first question is, you've landed a job. Now what? And uh, he's got some really good advice about navigating your career. One area that is of particular interest to me is this delicate balance between trying to be enthusiastic, trying to show that you're there to work and roll up your sleeves, but not seeming like a complete kiss ass to your coworkers or even your boss, because no one likes a kiss ass. So in this segment, we're going to start with how you can balance your enthusiasm without being sycophantic. And then we go into more of the unspoken rules with Gorik Eng. How do you show your enthusiasm and put yourself out there without seeming like a pest or a kiss ass? <laughs> yeah. And it touches upon commitment, where commitment isn't a binary state. It's not that you're committed or you're uncommitted. It's on a spectrum where in the middle is the zone of commitment. And you can undershoot to the point of looking apathetic. But you can also, to your point, overshoot to the point of looking threatening or overbearing. And so in this case, my one-size-fits-all approach is to mirror your coworkers. And to take a look at those who are near to you in level of seniority, who are similar to you in terms of identity, because there are going to be a host of unspoken rules and double standards around race and gender, and to see who is the most respected of this group of people and to see how they come across, because there's likely going to be tacit knowledge that this individual may not even realize that they know around how to manage up without coming across as a brown noser and without having all your coworkers see you as that kiss ass. How do you know when it's time to leave a place? When I have conversations with folks about when it's time to leave, I, I think about it in terms of what are you running away from and what are you running towards? Hmm. And it's important to know both where when it comes to what you're running away from, I call it the three Ps of people, place, and profession where it's helpful to think about what is it about the people that's making this a drag? What is it about the place that's not having you be excited anymore? And what is it about the profession that's not a good fit? And to really ask yourself, why is this happening? 
and to do a bit of a journaling exercise where maybe at the end of every day or every week, document what you enjoyed about that day or week, what you didn't enjoy about that day or week, and then to reflect over the course of several weeks, what are the patterns that you're observing? Are you noticing, for example, that you feel really tired when this type of project comes up or whenever you're around this particular coworker, it's always a drag. The better you identify what you're running away from, the better you'll have a sense for whether you should live with your situation, fix your situation, or leave your situation. And I leave the leave your situation piece for last because often when the times get tough, it's easy for us all to think, okay, let's just tune this out. I'm out of here. But in reality, there are little ways for you to maybe even have a conversation with your manager about how to fix your circumstances before you pull the plug and call it quits. So that's on the what are you running away from side? Mm. And then what are you running towards side? That's an equally important question where I talk to a lot of professionals who know what they want to run away from, but don't quite know of what else they're looking for. In which case, the question becomes, where do you see yourself in three, five, 10 years? You may not get there immediately in this next job. You may need to instead find a stepping stone opportunity. In which case, the question becomes, who do you want to impress, let's say 10 years down the road? And what are they going to be impressed by? And what does that mean for you as you think about your next opportunity? I'm wondering from you, and you look at your own experience where the son of a single mom who dropped out of school and, you know, really was clawing her way to support you. And then you're in this rarefied environment of Harvard. The idea of having one foot in and one foot out. How do you stay true to where you came from and also not lose yourself in that new world that you've entered into? Ooh, this is, these are a set of shower thoughts that come to mind on a daily basis. I, I find myself still very much struggling with this Venn diagram of how can I do well and how can I do good? And I'd like to think that this book project is the intersection of those two things. But coming from the background uh, like mine, I've thought a lot about, well, I've, I went from very little privilege to now all of a sudden having a great deal of privilege. What does that say about my responsibility? How can I pave a smoother path for those coming after me? And so I, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I would say that when I advise first-gen low-income college students, this is the first thing we talk about. Well, mm -hmm. I'll say that the first thing we talk about is, can you review my resume? Because that's the <laughs> that's the salient. <laughs> that's the salient pain point where we know we need a resume and we know that we might need help. But behind every resume review that I have is this deeper question of how can I pursue a career that's meaningful to me, that I can be proud of, and that will still pay the bills. And I don't quite have a silver bullet. I think uh, we'd all probably be doing that type of work if we could find it. But it is a, a common, common, common conversation that I've been having with myself in the shower and that I've been having with first-gen low-income students here at Harvard. I think it's so interesting to me because, I mean, there's a part of your book where you're talking about, you know, appearance and, and you know, obviously being your authentic self and, you know, but also being able to be part of something, right? You want to be part of this team. And I think that people often will feel conflicted about that. 
And obviously, the organization should be doing a better job in trying to make sure that happens. But I think while we're all working remotely, at least in the knowledge sector and, and you know, all these, um, you know, different careers that we're managing from home, it becomes really hard to do that. So before we finish up with you, I want to talk a little bit about this idea of remote work and how you show yourself in those three C's working remotely without having the interaction, without someone giving you an attaboy on the back, what is your advice? Yeah, a few quick tips on this front. One is to make sure that you're seen and heard in meetings. If it's hard to speak up, type your response in the Zoom chat window. Make sure that you're not becoming invisible because not only could you become quickly invisible by not speaking, but if there's a large enough room, you may be relegated to the second page of Zoom, in which case you're physically (laughs) invisible. Oh my God. So there's a whole song and dance there of being heard, being seen, having your voice be heard, even if it's just in text form. The second is around making sure that your manager is on top of, or at least is aware of what you're up to. And here I think about what I call what, how, by when, where when your manager gives you an assignment, make sure that you're clear and that your manager is clear on what do you need to do, how do you need to do it, and by when do you need to do it? Because if you don't clarify all three of these questions, you'll either end up doing the wrong work, doing it the wrong way, or not doing it on time. And when I think about micromanagers, the root cause of micromanagement in many situations is anxiety. Anxiety Mm -hmm. around, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Are you doing it to my specifications? Slash, when are you going to get this back to me? And so clarifying these expectations up front can help you set boundaries because your manager is no longer going to be checking in on you every 20 minutes. You've already aligned ahead of time that, hey, I'm going to get back to you by, let's say, 4.30 p.m. today. I like that. I like that very much, actually. And, you know, I think it's an interesting thing working remotely um, that a lot of people have told me that it's actually been a great way to have some of the shyer people feel empowered or even younger people to feel empowered to actually speak up because it's not as scary as being in a big conference room where you're like, oh, I don't really want to say <laughs> something right now. So maybe it's it's a could be actually a really helpful step in your career and learning how to obviously communicate. Now, If you really want to learn all the ins and outs of this, you got to go get Gorick's book. It's called The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. Parents, if you're listening, this is a great book as a graduation gift. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah, Your, your kids are going to finish college and it will have been a very weird senior year. But I think this is a great book to do that and read it yourself when the kids are done, because there are a lot of parts of this book that can be applied to all of us, all of us who are working. Okay. So remember that. Don't forget to wash your hands and wear your masks and maintain your physical distancing and to lift someone up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.